0: Today is Wednesday, the 27th of January 2021, and this now is the time that we train our minds to bring them to peace. And every day that passes, we spend a lot of that time working, fulfilling our various duties, using up both our physical and mental energy in that work that we have to do. And we do this because we need to find some money in order to keep these bodies healthy, to look after them. So we see that the body is a source of suffering in this way. We contemplate to look at the stress in these bodies. Ask ourselves, why is it that we need to seek out things in this world like this? Why do we need to study Why do we need to find knowledge? Why do we need to go to work? It's due to this body. This body is a heap of suffering. It's a dukkha. And uh, dukkha could translate as that which is difficult to endure. And uh, so each day, we probably have many meals. If uh, it's a forest monk usually just have the one meal, but no matter what the case, we uh, put food into this body every day. We have to fill up uh, the food, fill up it with water. We need to fill um, our bodies in this way, um, fill them with air, and this can help for the fire element uh, to Be there within the body, making the body warm. And all of this is so that these physical bodies can stay on. But also they deteriorate following time, following causes and conditions. So we look uh, to see the qualities of anicca, this inconstancy there within it. And um, all things all material things are this way as well, both that which humans create and also that which is already present within nature. All of these things are inconstant—humans, animals, they're all inconstant. But there's also something there which obstructs our vision of that inconstancy, which makes it difficult for us to see, and that's its continuity. And this works to obstruct um, our clear seeing of Anicca in these things. And just like how with our breath, um, they connect up. There's this in breath and that connects to the out breath and then to the in breath again, this continuity there. And due to that, we don't see the presence of inconstancy within the breath. And it's usually only when the breath runs out and people die that we can see and uh, acknowledge that really this thing is inconstant. But in actuality, these bodies are deteriorating with every single breath. So therefore we need to train our minds to contemplate so that wisdom can arise. But samadhi, this firm establishment of the mind, is the quality which um, allows wisdom to arise. Uh, because if our minds don't have this settled nature to them, if they aren't very collected, then knowledge that we gain just won't be clear. So we do need to train these minds. And in the beginning, this can be quite tough. When we sit down to meditate, we find a quiet place, a peaceful place, some where that's secluded, and then we bring our minds to our breath, looking at them as they flow in and flow out. Well, we also notice that the mind just carries on thinking without stop. It goes running all over the place. We think it may be quite easy, but if you think that, then try and actually do it. Try and train yourselves. You see that when we close our eyes, um, then the mind will just all over the place. It can be in quite a mess. Perhaps we recollect times that we have sat in meditation before and felt coolness in the hearts, that the mind is very at ease, very peaceful. It's contented. And we ask ourselves, well, why now is there so much chaos? So for most of us, we create a lot of merits in our minds, in, in our lives. And we have the faith to do this, to uh, produce all of this merit. And our hearts feel quite satisfied, they fill up with that goodness that comes from the merit that we do. But we also need to understand that we must create, we must give rise to another quality, and that is kusala, the skillfulness or intelligence. Um, the highest thing that our merits or our generosity um, is able to do is to allow us to abandon greed. But we also need to cultivate wisdom as well. And this wisdom is what enables us to straighten out our views so that the heart doesn't suffer. So for us Buddhists, we're usually very good at creating goodness. Uh, but still, sometimes when the heart receives Um, some sensation from outside, then the mind gets really stirred up by that. It can uh, make it very ill at ease, to the point where we get insomnia, because there's just so much thinking going on. So we need to train our minds, train them for wisdom to arise within them, so that our views can be straightened out, so that we can see into the Dhamma. Just like how we try to observe this body deteriorating slowly but surely. Ever since it was born, it starts to deteriorate. But it's only when we reach the age of 60 that this becomes very obvious. Or perhaps the age of 70 or 80, it's very apparent, this nature of deterioration within them. But we can still not see that due to the continuity uh, of the body. So we need to train our minds so that we can see these things, so that wisdom does arise. We can perceive into this nature of anicca, of inconstancy. And through this, the heart becomes more and more at ease. We don't worry about things in the future. We see that now we are of the appropriate age to train our minds. And so we do that. We train them a lot. And the more chaotic, the more unsettled the mind is, the more we need to train it. We can depend upon our chanting to bring up joy within the heart. And uh, we also recollect that the Buddha, in his previous lives, while he was developing his paramis, went through so much suffering, so much difficulty, and the difficulty that we're going through is tiny in comparison. It can't compare. It's just a very minute amount of suffering. So we really should put our efforts into training this mind. Whether we use different mantras, Buddha, Dhammo, Sankha, we bring up chants, we really try to develop this. When we experience stress, We can ask ourselves, well, why is the stress there? If we're afraid, what are we afraid of? We ask our minds in this way. And when we do this, when we inquire into the suffering, into the anxiety or the fear, then wisdom can arise. And when wisdom arises, then that suffering disappears because we're seen into the truth. We've seen that these things are not sure that all sankharas, all conditioned phenomena, are inconstant, they're unstable, they are dukkha, they are difficult to endure. And we just look at these bodies, what are they like? They're difficult to endure, right? Maybe some people think that if they just lay down for a long time, then that would be good, but try it out, try lying down without moving at all. In not long, there will be suffering, there'll be pain. If we sit without adjusting our posture in any way, then this pain comes up again. If we stand, and just stand, even though we may be surrounded by all of the money that we have accumulated, all of the wealth we have, we'll still suffer all the same. So we see that this body is really a heap of pain, a heap of difficulty. And the external things that we have can't help us. These bodies depend upon change. And we need to be changing our postures constantly, going from sitting to standing, to walking, to lying down. We see that these physical forms, they are a pile of stress. So we look into that, and we contemplate that we do have this pile of stress there, And we tell ourselves that one day this thing will have to break apart, you know. It can't stay forever. But the thing is, is that um, the sense of self arises. But we should also look into what it is that that sense of self is concerned with. What's it attached to? Why is there this presence of self? And what about these bodies are really me? Are any of these teeth me? Are any of these bones me? What about the hair of the head, the hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin? Are any of these me? Are any of the 32 parts contained in this body? um, Are they me? Which one can be considered mine? What about this breath? Is that me? If we contemplate in this way based on a mind of samadhi, then we'll see that this is just a collection of elements. There's no me there. We can take our left hand and touch our right hand and touch the different bones there within the hand, in the wrist, in the different fingers. Um, We can touch the different bones around our bodies, our ankles, our feet, our collarbone, and see that these things... Are just made up of calcium, and that's what science tells us. And these teeth, they're just a collection of calcium. There's no me within it. But what happens is that due to the functional nervous system that we have, our minds are able to experience uh, different feelings that come from these parts of the body. And when we get those sensations, From these elements, the mind becomes deluded and takes it as being mine. But really, it's just a bunch of bones, a bunch of different things. And um, our bones and the bones of other people, there's no difference to them at all. If the breath runs out and we take our bones and we mix them up with other people's bones, we won't be able to tell the difference. You can't tell between female bones and male bones, ma- bones of people of different nationalities, because there's no being there. There's no self, there's no me, there's no other. So through contemplating like this, wisdom can arise. So this reflection upon the nature of inconstancy, stress and not self, is what allows banya, this discernment or wisdom, to come up. That which is able to solve the suffering we experience. But we also need to have a peaceful mind, because if there isn't much peace, then, um, or sorry, rather, we can also use contemplation if there is not much peace in order to give rise to that peace. And then from that place of inner calm, we look at all the things that arise within our hearts, and see that they are stressful. We ask ourselves, why is there this stress? Why is there this fear? What am I clinging to? What am I anxious about? Because all of the things of this world are temporary, and no one wants to be separated from the things and the people that we love. But at the same time, no one is able to stay on in this world. So the Buddha taught us that we should contemplate into these sankhāras, these conditioned phenomena, seeing that they are of the nature to deteriorate. And we should ground ourselves in being heedful. So creating merit allows the heart to feel an inner sense of contentment, of ease. The mind fills up with happiness. And I give my Anamodhana, I rejoice in all of the good deeds that all of you have done. But we also need to take it a step further than this as well. We need to practice. And really, the practice is not something difficult. We just look into this nature of inconstancy, stress, and not self, contemplate it until we understand it. And as we do this often, then wisdom manifests. If there are any feelings of greed, hatred, and delusion, we tell ourselves, these things aren't sure, you know. These things are inconstant; they're unstable. And I used to do this as well before. I used to talk to myself in this way, teach myself in this way. Ask myself, why would you want to go about hating anything? Why would you want to give rise to any ill ill will? Why would you want to harm anyone? And I make the determination that today I'm not going to have any cruel thoughts towards anyone. I'm not going to give in to any anger because today may be the last day that I'm alive. So whenever any of these thoughts arise, then we teach our minds in this way. We train them like this. And we really do need to put our efforts into this training, really give it our best shot. And if we do, then in no long time we will reach peace. All our doubts will be relieved. The mind won't be chaotic anymore. Wisdom will come up, and we'll know that this is the right path. And really, that path is easy. It's just keeping our awareness, keeping our mindfulness. Whether we're standing, sitting, walking, or lying down, we maintain our mindfulness there. If we're speaking, we're mindful. If we're thinking, we're mindful. So we teach um, our minds. Um, in this way. And we really need to, to throw everything we have at it to, to be kind of fearless in this practice. Because the Dhamma, it's something that's here already, but if we're not sincere in our practice, then we won't get to know it. And just like how in a worldly way, we may not be sincere in our studies, and we won't gain much knowledge from that. And uh, it's the same with the practice. So we take on this way of giving up evil, of creating or um, giving rise to skillful states and of making the mind bright. And for most of us, we're already quite good at giving up evil and giving rise to skillfulness. Uh, But we need also to create this highest form of merit, that which is bhavana of mental cultivation. And bringing the mind to peace is a very meritorious thing to do. So right now we have this great opportunity, and we should use that well, and do this a lot, develop this path a lot, until we do reach peace. You contemplate into this body, seeing it as being something that isn't beautiful, a collection of elements, something that is constant stressful, and not so. And when we see it deteriorate in this way, then um, emptiness can arise our mind gains knowledge into not-self. We see that these things are just samuti, that there's no me, there's no other there. They're just temporary things. So through this, um, we can destroy the three lower fetters, uh, that of self-view, of skeptical doubt, of attachment to rites and rituals. And if we're able to destroy these first this first uh, barrier, then the rest won't be too difficult. In no long time we'll be able to destroy the rest. But it's that first barrier, those lower three fetters, which take us into birth and death endlessly. So we need to destroy those first barriers. And we do that through having generosity and virtue as the foundation of our minds. And then we go about training our minds in samādhi. We do this every day. And if there's a lack of internal peace, then we can bring up memory first. Uh, Memory about the things that we've studied before. Like how this body is of the nature to break apart. It's a collection of elements. And we use these things to teach our minds. Then they become still and the heart turns um, peaceful, it turns comfortable. One day, when we carry along with this practice, one day the mind will gather together and will perceive this nature or um, understand into conventions and experience liberation. And this really is something that's amazing. Because before, We were only caught up in this world of conventions. But when we see emptiness for ourselves, then we feel amazed by this. We'll see the Dhamma and the faith that we have in Buddhism is firmly established. So we carry on on this path of generosity, of virtue, of meditation. And uh, for the lay people who have faith in this path of practice, it really shows that you have developed a lot of barami before and to have this faith, to have this interest, to be able to be generous on a regular basis, to have sila, virtue, as a normal way of interacting with the world. And these create inner fullness through the goodness that arises from the actions that we do. And then we contemplate seeing everything as anicca, Dukkha, Anatta. As we do this, the mind will release its attachments. It won't be attached to anything. And this is the level of mind of a Sotapanna. So I ask for all of you to really train your minds like this. And in no long time, you will see into the truth. So may all of you set your hearts on this.